Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast. For more information about Grace Harvest Church or to find out more about something you hear during the podcast, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you through this week's message. We're really honored to have Todd Welch with us. And if you don't know Todd, Todd is the director of Youth Dynamics here in town. Youth Dynamics is a ministry that reaches out to unchurched youth, at-risk youth in our community, youth that probably most of them wouldn't normally even darken the doors of a church, Um, and they need somebody to love them, show them the grace and goodness and kindness of God, and then bring the good news of Jesus Christ to them. And that's what Todd has given himself to. And Todd's uh, wife, Hannah, is here today. So, Hannah, it's good to see you. Everybody wave at Hannah. Do what you can to make her feel as awkward as possible. No, just kidding. Just joking, Hannah. Just kidding. And uh, they have three adult children, Sam, Emma, and Owen. And uh, we're just really blessed to have Todd with us this morning. He has a heart for youth. But Todd has more than a heart for youth. He has a heart for people in general. He has a very pastoral heart. He has a passion to reach people for Jesus Christ and a desire to see the church fulfill its call to our city and the world. Uh, I want you to make Todd feel real welcome this morning by putting your hands together and giving him a big GHC welcome. Come on, Todd. Bring it, baby. Bring it. GAC. Yeah, but I'm going to hold on to that one just in case. Yeah. Good morning. How are we this morning? How many of you guys love fall? Really? How many of you would rather be in like the Bahamas right now? Come on. Amen. I think heaven's going to be warm. I just, I think, I just think it's going to be like that. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. So, are you guys ready? So, I had some, uh, I had some dreams this morning. Yeah. And I am a guest speaker, so I don't share my dreams out loud. But in the last service, three of those things, people came up to me um, that were in my dream, and I gave them some words that were encouraging. So that's new for me, okay? I'm a Baptist boy, born and raised. Um, the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. He stopped working a long time ago, was what I was taught. Um, but I have totally different ideas now about Jesus. Is it doing it again? We'll do this. He doesn't like me. How's that? So anyway, I'm here this morning and just really want to share my heart with you. Um, my wife and I have uh, been married for in Jan- De- December, 26 years, right? We got married when we were little 13 and 12, just in case you're wondering how old I am. Uh, it doesn't work, you know. Um, we have three amazing kids. Owen is their last one. He is a senior. Uh, he's taking two classes at CB Tech. He's taking culinary, which I have encouraged him forever to do because dad gets to eat whatever he cooks, Right? Like, come on. So he's doing that, and he loves cars, um, fast cars, but he hasn't gotten a ticket yet, which is amazing. God's provision. So that's kind of what I do. And my wife is here with me this morning. She is truly my best friend and my helper. I do love her 100%. She is a partner in ministry for this long. So if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to go to Luke, or it's going to be on the screen for you, Luke chapter 18. And I've really learned um, in the last couple of weeks, this is what I know. God is about interrupting my time schedule and my day. That it's like I could fight it. I fought it for years, I think. 
you know, especially being in ministry, you know, I'm always doing God's work, and, you know, which is true, but we are all ministers of the gospel of Christ. We are all pastors. We are all shepherds. We are all, God just called me specifically to this, but God is really about interrupting my day, and I'm trying really hard through his process in my life from the getting mad to the saying okay to be shortened. Does that make sense? I want my response to be yes, Jesus, not really again. Right? Really? Again? Like, like this is my plan. Right? But if you have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. Luke chapter 18, verse 35, it says this. And as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped in order the man to, to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him this question. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. God, we thank you this morning that we can be in this place God, that we can come into this time right now and just sit and listen to what you have. I pray that the eyes of our hearts, that our analytical minds, God, that you would just penetrate that and that you would teach us. That you would show up in a mighty way in our hearts, in our, mind, in our lives. That you would just, that your love would just mess us up. God, we thank you so much that you love us, that it's not about me, but it's about you, Jesus. It's about changing our community and our culture that we live in, and it's about your plan for us. So, God, we thank you tonight, this morning for who you are. We ask you to sing in your precious name. Amen. So, I am the director of Youth Dynamics. Youth Dynamics is an adventure-based program um, working with students that we would call confused, to say it likely. And there's a lot of things going on in that. We're also dealing with a generation right now that lives in this gray environment, Right? There's no right or wrong. There's no black and white. It's just gray. And so we have a lot of them that are just confused, and this is what I believe. The Holy Spirit has to show up in a physical way to reach this generation. I think he needs to show up in such a way that they have no idea, but that was God, right? No denying that, and I'll share some more about that. But this is what God's been teaching me. Listen, what you think, Todd, is kind of cute, but it's not really what my plans are. So the question I think he's asking us this morning, if Jesus showed up, right, and he said to you, what do you want me to do for you? We should know. But the problem is, is what we're asking for, he's already done. Right? He's already completed those. We talked about that. We, we are a child of God. Whether you believe that or not, that is the truth. It is the foundation that we believe by faith. We accept those things because he died on the cross so that I could live. And if you have to tell yourself every day, then keep telling yourself, you're a child of the king. You're a child of the king. You're a child of the king. Keep telling yourself that until you believe it. Because we're confused in this process of it. And I say that because that's what God's been teaching me. What's the mantra that's in my head? I'm pretty critical of myself. I don't really like myself at times, right? But is that what God says about me? If you don't know what he thinks about you, ask him. 
Jesus, what do you think of me? Because I guarantee you, he'll tell you, and then you'll argue with him. I've done it last time I did. I say, God, Jesus, what do you think of me? And he says, I think you're courageous. Really? I'm afraid of the dark, right? This conversation, but it's this mantra. So God's been interrupting our time. So we meet on Monday nights on 3rd Avenue. We have a building. Um, we meet. We, I open the doors about 5 o'clock for students. They come in. We feed them at 6. We play some games that are messy and gross, and you would probably get sick, but we like to interact, right? And then we will always, no matter what, preach the gospel. We will always, no matter what, preach the gospel. So this Monday, okay, I get there kind of early in the afternoon, and, and I've just really learned, okay, it's taken me a long time, but I've really learned if I just sit and I push into his presence, that he's going to tell me. So this Monday, he said, Todd, I just need you to sit and be quiet. I'm like, okay. What do you want? What do you want to do? And, and meditation and, and praying and getting his scriptures in me. Because I need to be, as an ADH kid, I need to be calm and focus on what's important, right? Focus on those things that are important. So I began to do that. So kids show up. Um, we eat Bikers for Christ cooked for us. Okay, I gave him some name tags. Okay, and then we played this game where you have to find somebody that has a, na- a name tag on, and you have to talk to them, interview them, and then you're going to turn around and tell everybody who these people are. Like, this is, hey, this is Todd, this is what he likes. Okay? So we did that. It was going amazing. They were paying attention. Okay? And then I started preaching. I prayed, and then I began to preach about um, God stopping for the one. And it was really going amazing until a mom, I think it was a mom, a, a sister, a girl walks in and says, I'm looking for so-and-so, says her name out loud. And I could tell she's not happy. And so the girl gets up, which happens a lot. It wasn't anything new. Okay? They walk outside. So I'm standing speaking, but I can see the front doors, and I can see that it's not going well out there. And I can hear the adjectives that are not very descriptive coming from there, and then a tussle. And everybody in the room said, Todd, you got to do something. I'm like, well, okay. Right? So I went outside. Sister's there. Stepmom's there. Dad's on the phone. According, I guess this, this girl, she's like 14. She ran away from home this morning. She said she went to school, but she didn't. So it's now 7.30. They're looking for her. Mom's hysterical. Sister's mad. Dad's on his way telling me to call the cops, which I do a lot. They have me on speed dial. When I say, hey, dispatch this Todd from YD. Yeah, what's going on? So we give them the details, right? So anyway, long story short, I'm out front. I'm trying to deal with the, the chaos of right here. And I also have a group inside where chaos is about to break out, and honestly, I'm mad, like irritated. Because if you've ever been in that situation, nobody makes any sense at all. Their reality is not even close to what's really happening, right? So, so this is what happened. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? He said, I have you here in front. I need you to stay here. I'm like, okay. So 15 minutes go by, the cops show up, Another stepmom, ex-stepmom, and grandma show up, right? So in, in this whole process, I just begin to take my turns. I started with the girl, and then I went to the police officer, right? And then I went to the stepmom, and I went to the other stepmom. Fifteen minutes of just ministering truth to them. And when I was done, they all came to me and said, Todd, thanks for taking your time. Okay. That's not, that's not like me. I don't, I don't do well in situations that aren't planned in my head. I don't do distractions well. I never have. 
I have a one-track mind sometimes. We're going to McDonald's. You want to go to Burger King? Nope, we're going to McDonald's. Right? It used to be kind of our discussion as youth pastors. When me and my wife were youth pastors, this is the plan. And then she would say, really, we're going to McDonald's? I'm like, yes, we are. Nope, I don't want McDonald's. I want Burger King. I'm like, there's 30 people saying we're going to McDonald's. Right? And so it used to be this process. So for me, it's stopping. So let's look at Luke. <clears throat> let's look at the story real quick. Jesus is walking to Jericho, okay, with a group of people, and they're on this journey. They're pilgrimaging, okay? Now, look at the response of the crowds, okay? They say to the blind guy, it's Jesus of Nazareth, okay? So, I'm Todd from Moses Lake, okay? So, whoever you are and wherever you're from, is that's your identity. Does that make sense? So, this group of people say, oh, that's Jesus from Nazareth, okay? So the blind guy and the beggar, who every morning as a culture was taken out to the city gates, and he would sit there and beg all day. And then his family would go out, pick him up, bring him back in, whatever he got from people. That was his wage to live in the home. So he did this every day. So the word on the street in the beggar community, right, that there's this guy, Jesus of Nazareth, and he's doing some amazing things with our friends, It's interesting because Luke doesn't give us his name. Matthew and Mark do, but Luke doesn't give us his name. So what's his identity? He's a blind beggar. So what he does, that's what he's about. Probably since he was a kid, that's what he did. So Luke tells us that he hears the crowd coming by and asks, who is it? And they say, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And it says in verse 38, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So what this blind guy just did is he proclaimed that's the Messiah. That's the Messiah as a Jewish boy we have heard about and prophesied about since I was tiny. That there's a Messiah coming. He's going to save everybody. He's going to bring his kingdom. And he's going to do miraculous things. Prophesied in the Old Testament all, all the time. So he yells out in a loud voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But those around him said, hey, you need to be quiet. Jesus is an important guy. He's on a mission. He's going to overthrow Rome and establish his kingdom, and it's going to be a violent overtaking. This is who this guy is. But it says, the rest of then it says, no, he yells out. He shouted out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And the most interesting thing in verse 40 is this, Jesus stopped. Jesus wasn't walking by himself. There are a group of people around him. He hears somebody yelling, proclaiming that's the Messiah, and Jesus stops, and everybody stops. He stops, and he commands him to come here, and he says to, the, he says to this blind guy, what do you want me to do for you? Do you think Jesus knows? Do you think the God of the universe knows what this guy wants, right? But there's something about when we say it out loud that it becomes true. It's the declaration So if Jesus showed up right now and he said to you, hey, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you? Could you tell him? Or is it chump change? Is is your dreams as big as your mind can go or are they dreams for the whole city beyond what we can think? We don't like to dream a lot or hope a lot because we get disappointed. But God's like, no, you're my son. What do you want? 
If my kids came to me and said, hey, dad, can we blah, 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 if I could, I would. Right? If I could, as a father, I would do that for them. I would do whatever it takes to do that. But Jesus says, Lord, the blind man says, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. And he replied, Jesus said to him, receive your sight, for your faith has healed you. Immediately received his sight and and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. I want to see. And Jesus says, okay, you can see. It's this Greek word called sozo. It's salvation, which means to be made whole. See, what happened was, is every single one of us were created to be in a relationship with the God of the universe. You were created by a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You were designed to be in relationships with other people. You were designed to be in community. You were not designed to do life by yourself. But the most pain and the most struggles and the things we don't like the most are relationships and people, right? If, you spend peop- if your job entails you spending time with people all day long, at the end of the day, what do you want to do? Spend more time with people. No, you want to be by yourself, right? I teach, as, I teach school at CB Tech. I teach auto mechanics. And there's days when I come home and I say to my wife, if I hear my name one more time, I'm going to lose it. If I hear my name one more time, it's over. Oh, is that kind of day? Yeah, it was, right? But what Jesus is saying, listen, the gospel is this. This is the gospel in a nutshell. What does it mean for me to thrive or to be healthy as a human being? What does it mean for me to thrive or to be healthy as a human being? Because the gospel is this. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth. He died. He rose again so that you and I could live the way we are intended to live. So what was the way we were intended to live? We go back to Genesis chapter 1. We were created in his image, and it says that God walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. That it was a perfect relationship. There were no guilts. There were no shame. Okay? The first thing that happened when they sinned is they looked at each other, and there was shame because they were naked. But God said, no, that's not the way I intended you to live. And he went through this Old Testament process. Finally, he came to the New Testament and said, okay, I'm going to pay it once and for all, and it's going to be done. And I'm going to bring healing. Not only am I going to save your soul, I'm going to make you whole. And it's not about the end result. It's about the journey. And most of us don't like the journey. Most of us don't like to go through these things because they're painful and they hurt. I agree. But somewhere in this process, I have to learn to trust the God of the universe that his plan is better than my plan. That his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I have to learn to trust in those things. I have to be able to process those things because if Jesus dying on the cross was about a choice between heaven and hell, it's kind of a sick joke. It's not. Yes, that's the ultimate result, but it's about making me whole. It's about me and him. Think about this. As a dad, what do I want with my kids? I just want to hang out. I don't care if it's fishing or hunting right? Or having coffee at Starbucks. Let's just hang out. Let's just be together. So what does he want for me? Love God, love others. Actually love your enemies, right? It's about do I trust him in this process? Because I know this for sure, and I, it took me a long time. He's good. 
Even the things that I say are not good, he says, nope, that's for your best. That's for your benefit. That's because I love you. You live in a broken world. This is how it's going to process, but God's good all the time. So how do we do this? How do we step in faith in God and say, okay, how, do we, how does it change us? My relationship with God and your relationship with God has to change the culture around us. This is not about a Sunday morning thing, but this is where we come and we corporately worship. All across Moses Lake today it's happening. But it has to change our culture tomorrow morning. It has to change our culture. People have to see us differently, so how do we do that? How do I do that as a school teacher? Think about this for a second. If you have kids, your kids spend 180 days of the year with a complete stranger. Do you think you should be praying for your teachers? Do you think you should be praying for our school districts and the Christian school and Endeavor and CB Tech? Yes. It's easy to criticize. But it's praying for them to do that because as a teacher of 38 boys and one girl, okay, I have opportunities all all day long to speak truth over them. So on Wednesday, I made them take an emotional IQ test, right? How do you feel? How do you process it? What does it look like in relationships? Okay? And then they they got to bring me their papers. And we begin to talk and speak truth over them. Listen, this is awesome. You, you, this is great, because you know why? If you don't understand how you're feeling and how to process it, then that just leads to bad behavior. It leads to drug and alcohol and pornography, all those things. That's where it goes, because I can't process it. And out of all those kids, two of them just put a line down the middle and said, yeah, I don't know. And I can tell you, based on their behavior, that's correct. But I begin to say, listen, you were created for more than just your choices. You have a strength and you have a weakness. Learn to process it. Learn to understand it. I told one of them, I said, listen, if somebody would have told me this as an 18-year-old high school boy, it would have saved a lot of relationship scars. So how do we do that as teachers? Yeah, it's about teaching these guys auto mechanics. But it's more than that. It's soft skills. It's being able to understand your surroundings and how do I respond to that. It's about that you're not a grease monkey, you're a technician and we use our brains, so how do we critically think? How do we critically think? We use two things. I use riddles a lot because it helps them critically think. And two, we always say in any problem, what's the truth? What do you know? Don't assume those things. That's how I do it in my realm. And it's why, it's because I want to change my culture. I want my culture to be changed because I was there. I cannot deal on Monday nights with YD kids if God isn't working in my heart. I have no patience for that. I don't. But because God is working in my life, I want them to have his love wherever I go and whatever I do and whatever I'm about. That's what I want. So some homework for you. I know you don't like homework, but it's good for you. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this to us, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who seeks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened to you. Which of you, if your son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? 
There's a father who loves you even when you don't. So our homework is this. Jesus is about interrupting your day. Jesus is about interrupting your day. So about five weeks ago, I learned this, and I had a conversation with Hannah, and we begin to say, okay, let's just take a minute a day, and let's just say, okay, God, what do you want to do? Just breathe, meditate on his word, just do that. Now I'm up to like 18 minutes a day. And the reason why is because I know when I'm pushing into his presence, my day goes better. Right? So on Thursday, I get a text from my wife saying, hey, Owen's at school. He doesn't feel good. Can you pick up some food on your break and take him some food and blah, blah. So I said, yeah, that's fine. Right? I, pick, I go to pick up some food from her. I take it to school. I put Owen in my office, and then it's okay. Here's some vitamin C, and here's some Advil, and here's your grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup. Right? There you go. Eat that. I got to go. I got 45 minutes. I need four bolts, gas, and food. Right? So I go and get them. I find my bolts, and I'm on the way back to the shop, and this hits me. Why didn't you stay and have lunch with your son? He's a senior. Right? I had my lunch in my car. Bolts and gas could waited. And I went from angry cussing, sorry, Jesus, angry cussing to crying. Because this is what God does in my life. When I'm gonna start when I'm gonna talk about stopping for the one, God's gonna show it to me. He's gonna reveal that Todd, you're about 50-50 on it. 50% of the time you do great, 50% you don't. I'm better inconsistent and messy. That's using my right. But it was this moment where I just said, Yeah, you're right, God. I don't know why I didn't. I don't know why I didn't stop. I text my wife and I said, hey, I'm mad and no, no, no. She's like, don't be so hard on yourself. Come on, give yourself a break. It's okay. You recognized it. You recognized it for the day it was over. So we, we as followers of Christ and sons and daughters of the king, we have to stop for the one. And the only way we can learn to stop for the one is if we're taking time for the one. We have to stop. We have to stop and say, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Do it a couple times a day if you have to, right? All of us have a minute. Take a deep breath. Say, okay, Jesus, what is it, what is it about today? And number two is this. Number two is this. Most of us today or this week interacted with people at, whether it's a restaurant or a Starbucks or a Safeway or Walmart, we interacted with people who had name, name tags on. Do you realize this? Why do they wear name tags? Do we know? It's not for you to complain to corporate about Joe, okay? Why do they write your name on your Starbucks cup? Instead of just saying, tall macchiato, they say, hey, Todd, your coffee's ready. To be more personal, okay? To be more personal. So we're taking time for the one. We're taking time for God, a one minute a day, and we're saying, okay, God, what do you want to do? Okay? And then we're taking time for that one person today that you're going to have contact with that has a name tag on. Just try it. It's awesome. Nobody's ever said, how do you know my name? The funny part is this. If I see somebody who doesn't have a name tag, I say, hey, where's your name tag? They're like, oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot it. Because they're supposed to have it on. Okay? But what does it do? What, it, what would happen if all of us in this room this week took one minute for God and interacted with somebody by name. What does it do to that person at Walmart? 
When you say, hey, Brenda, how are you doing today? Great. What did you just do? You just, showed, you just showed love, right? You didn't say any Christian words or any jargon. You didn't pray for them, okay? But you just loved on them. I bet you you were the only one that called them by their name that whole day, right? So this morning, a lady that works at Lowe's, she's like, yeah, guy, people do it to me all the time, and I think it's really weird. Like, do I know them? How do I know them? And I'm like, yeah, I love messing people up like that, right? Hey, like we're best friends. But this is the thing. This is the thing. This relationship with Christ, because what he did for us, has to change me, and it has to change our culture. It has to. Hands down. We have to change Moses Lake. We have to change Grant County. We have to change Washington State. Okay? Because I believe that the God of the universe wants to do that. I believe he wants to come in and he wants to touch. It happens on Monday nights. So I speak and I pray. I give the gospel message and then I just ask, hey, who in the room needs prayer? Who in the room wants prayer? So two weeks ago I had a girl. Her sister said, hey, she needs, really needs prayer. <laughs> right? Throws her under the bus and I'm like, hey, can I pray for you? And she's like, no. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm going to pray for you anyway. Right? So we bow our heads and I pray, and this is what I pray. Holy Spirit, I need you to show up. I need you to show up in a physical way right now. I need you to prove to her who you are, and I need her to have no doubt about it. In Jesus' name, amen. And I opened my eyes, and her eyes were about this big. And I said, what happened? She said, I was trying to put my sweatshirt on, and somebody's hand was on my back, and when I turned around, there was nobody there. I said, okay. And this is my next question. You believe in the supernatural, don't you? They all do. You believe in the supernatural? Yeah, I do. I said, that's the guy who created the supernatural, just touched you. You can deny it all day long. You can say it didn't happen. But you can't deny it when God shows up and touches you. That is a testimony that turns into the prophetic of what God can do. When you put that on YouTube, you can't deny God working. Because he's still the God of miracles. He still raises the dead. He still heals. He breaks chains. He still does that. He told us that we would do greater things than these. We deserve to give people an encounter with Jesus. We owe them that. He changed your life. He wants to change other people's lives. And I'm not talking about speaking scripture over them. Okay, those are all awesome. I'm talking about the love of Jesus coming out. When we love, his kingdom comes. When we forgive, his kingdom comes. When we step out of our comfort zone to do something that we don't want to do, the kingdom comes. That's what he wants. That's what he's about. So stand with me this morning. There's a song right now that's been stuck in my head, and it's, it's Waymaker by Leland, and it says this, he's the Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. So in that minute of time. This is, what, this is what works. This is what works, and this is what my wife has taught me, and this works, okay? In that minute, thank him. Thank him. Do you know what, you know what endorphins are released when you smile? Right? Do you know how your outlook changes when you thank God for fixing that problem that he hasn't fixed yet, but he's going to, right? Thank you that my God is bringing spouses and wives to my kids. Thank you that you're working those relationships out. Thank you in this situation right here. You've already solved it, and I'm just trusting you. So here, this morning, if you're here, 
and the Holy Spirit's doing something in you, and you've never said, God, I want to be your son or I want to be your daughter, if you've never put your faith in him, there's a cross in the back. And this is what I need you to do. I need you to get up from your seat because we have to respond physically to something that's going on. And I need you to go in the back, okay? There are people there that are here specifically to pray with you and love on you and give you some counsel. Or maybe you're saying this morning, hey, you know what? I've been a follower of God for a long time. I'm just really confused. I kind of got distracted by some choices or some circumstances, and I just need to get my life back on track. I need you to go to the cross when I pray. But let's do this. If you're here this morning, and you just, you just, I don't know, there's something going on in your head that's not right, and you just want us to pray for you, raise your hand. If that's you. If there's just stuff that's going on that you're like confused and it's dark and you just want us to pray for you, I just need you to raise your hand, okay? We're gonna pray for you. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you for being the way maker and the promise keeper. God, we thank you that you are, that's who you are. That this morning you wanna break chains. You wanna bring freedom. That we would be children that would run. That we would come into your kingdom with that faith like the childlike faith. God, I pray for the ones in in this room right now that just really need a touch of you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do that. That you would show up in a mighty way. That you would work out circumstances. That you would give us like this spiritual adjustment. That we would begin to see things differently and that we would be able to pray differently. That we would be, uh, with a grateful heart, we'd come to you, Jesus. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for this place. God, we ask that you would come into Moses Lake in a mighty way that you'd bring it up I-5 and across I-90, God, that you would just do what you need to do in Moses Lake and in Grant County. God, that you would use us. Do it. We just need you to show up today, God, and for the rest of this week, we just need you, God. We love you. We thank you for in the midst of things when we don't see you or we don't feel you, you are still working. God, remind us of that every day. We love you. We thank you for this morning in your precious name. Amen. Hey, blessings. Thank you guys for